Oh man, it's uh, do you have good eyesight? Nah, it's it's bad. I have contacts and uh, my prescription's pretty strong. Yeah, and it's just every time I go get a test, it just gets worse and worse. And I always feel anxious too because, like, I don't know if I'm saying the right things to the doctor. And I just <laughs> I'm always glad to get out of there because I don't want to let him down. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, I can do better. Please just, just give me another shot. <laughs> I can see better for you. Just, so tell me what you need me to be. <laughs> he sighs a lot in your yeah. appointments, like, oh. <laughs> oh, we were making so much progress, right? <laughs> that is a funny, just the idea of not wanting to disappoint your eye doctor. Because yeah. <laughs> he asked you, he's like, is this better? Is this better? I'm like, oh, yeah, that is stressful. Like, do you know the answer or is this like an opinion <laughs> thing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, is he tricking you? Yeah. It's, it's like, like, I don't think those were different. Yeah. <laughs> You tell me which one is better, and I'll believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Man, thank you, Mike Rainey, for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so have you, have you seen any of the episodes yet with the guests yet? Yeah, I watched um, a little bit of McCusker, Butterly, and Six. Is that okay? Yeah, those are had? all yeah. three guests. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you uh, – so you know what we get into here is we, we, we kind of let you lay out your life, honestly – and then we take everything we can from you to try to add to our lives. Yeah. Which is fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to yeah. it, man. It's uh, So get ready to be brought down. <laughs> <laughs> we, only, we just take the best. Okay. <laughs> we right. let you keep everything else. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what we're trying to do is like we're trying to reach a higher consciousness while not changing our sense of humor. Right. All right. That's just basically what we're trying uh, to I'll do. I'll see what I can yeah. take from your souls. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you even think about that kind of stuff? Like a higher consciousness, enlightenment? Um, honestly, like right now, I think I've gotten further away from it than I have been at many times in the past. And when I was at like my lowest points, I feel as though like I was probably getting closer to like a, a better understanding of, of what I believe to be like, maybe like the, the reason for existence is, or just what existence is and like all that, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, but like right now, I'm just consumed by all the tedious shit I have to do, yeah. And it's just horrible for me. Hmm. I was going to ask you, like, how much do you like? What do you feel about existence when you're in that moment where you're disappointing your eye doctor? Uh, I I just hate <laughs> that um, how influential a man in a coat is for me. <laughs> like yeah dude i know underneath that coat you're just the soul like i am but man that coat is fucking you could get me to pull my cheeks apart if you ask me to do that i hate to say it man but <laughs> that is pretty i i mean yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what it has to do with my eye but i don't want to go blind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll let my lawyers and insurance sort that shit out later <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, uh, so you know how we do is we, we, we pretty much ask everybody the same questions, mm -hmm. right? So um, what, what, is, uh, what ex situation or experience do you feel like gave you the most information? Um, honestly, I think the times where I've I, – I like to – I tend to learn from making horrible mistakes, and I think the times where, like, I've really made dreadful, costly mistakes have probably ended up being the best for me okay and like i just mentioned how like right now i'm just consumed by tedious stuff like I, there's times where i think that like i deliberately put myself in these situations to have a hole to dig myself out of 
Is that something like, when do you feel like you started doing that? Like, were you like a kid that like wouldn't listen to mom, like had to no, like learn the I, hard way? I was a good ass little boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to do something, I did it. <laughs> but then like, th- th- it was like such like a drastic pendulum swing. I think I reached a point when I was probably like 17 or 18 where it was just like, all right, I'm going to be a bad boy now. Yeah. Like I'm tired of doing everything I should. Hmm. And then that lasted until my 40s. <laughs> so I got a couple of years being being an okay boy now. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, so if that is the situation you feel like gave you the most info, how do you feel when you see people making terrible decisions? Almost just want to let them, not that I feel like it's my place to correct anybody where I, if I see them doing something that's especially like fucked up, but I, I just know where that can lead. Like, mm. but in a positive way, it's like, okay, like boy, like, awful mistakes or they don't kill you. Like there's a lot to be learned from it, you know? And if you're really digging yourself into like a a deep hole that you're able to get out of, like this can be an incredibly valuable experience for you. I feel like that would put a lot of just hearing that, knowing that you're aware of that, you know, people might think that that would put pressure on you to not make terrible mistakes. Now, like how do you, when you're about to make a terrible mistake, do you make that mistake or do you, I feel like most of the most of the bad mistakes that I make now are just mm-hmm. like that, whereas so many of my other mistakes were deliberate and just like, yeah, I'm going to go to my friend's house and do drugs tonight, even though it's 11 o'clock at night and I should be staying home. Yeah. Like those kind of mistakes used to be like the big pitfalls for me, whereas now it's like I really I really struggle with like keeping my temper a lot of times and oftentimes like. I'll say something really, really fucked up and hurtful, and then it, as soon as it comes out, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that didn't have to get to that point. Yeah, but you also can't replace that cathartic feeling from saying it either. It does feel good. <laughs> 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 that's tough, right? Dude, that's a great point, though, because, and I, and I say this, I, I think Tim and I had talked about it a few podcasts ago where I feel like with virtually every, anybody that I have had any kind of, like, minor disagreement with i feel as though like my mind will formulate the nuclear option yeah like with within weeks of meeting like my wife like i i already formed the uh the uh, fucking nuke button up here <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if i needed to go to that and i feel like i do that with most people most people that i end up having some kind of friction with that's always there and it's almost like a like a like a soothing mechanism it's like all right if we have beef like i could always take it to this point if necessary Fortunately, I feel like more times than not, it doesn't go there, but there's times where it's just like, man, like, why did I say that? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to know what your, your new craze is? I want to know what, like... Well, well, for, well <laughs> let me, for first, yeah, I, I'm curious about that, too, but <laughs> I'm also, it's funny to me imagining, like, Rainy seeing a hot chick, like, man, I know exactly how I'll break up with her. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, do you have one? Do you have... A, like, a new craze that I would say to you? Yeah. Because oh. yeah, we, we started out in chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't think we were going to make it. Yeah. This is all like an accident. I know, but I feel like that has to change, evolve with the years, right? Like what you, you would... still s- have one? <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. When we were waiting for you in the living room, she told me. It's <laughs> fucked up, man. No, like, but like my new... Like I feel like it would have to... Like I'd have to think about that for a little while. Yeah. Like I think I could get you, but you know... I think I was it's more I think nuanced now. When I was younger, I nuked all relationships the same way. It was just cheating. Yeah. You know, it was like, just stop trying to lie about it. Yeah. And like, ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is, I don't know. Yeah, I did it. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically what it was. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I'm glad you're still thinking of ways to destroy me emotionally and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's a healthy relationship, right? It's gotta be. You know, you, I mean, I'm weird enough where you always have to have your finger yeah. on that button. <laughs> Just in case you cross the line. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Rainey, how did you learn to overcome fear? Just by doing things that scare me. I, I, there's nothing that I avoid now. There's there's a million things that scare you. I feel like I'm anxious about things 24-7, although I think there's a difference between fear and anxiety. But if something scares me, um, like one of the things that scared me the most was was competing again. Mm-hmm. You know, I signed up for that tournament in that happened in August. I signed up for it like three months prior, and I was just like, oh, this feels great. I'm going to sign up because it was three months out. But as we're inching closer and closer, yeah. it's like, uh, I got to start training more. I got to lose weight. And it's like, oh, I'm starting to get scared. And like, I would just even thinking about that would give me instant diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like that scared me. And like, there was a point where like, I wasn't going to make, make the weight that I had signed up for. And I was like, Oh, well, I can back out of this now because I'm not going to be able to compete. Yeah. But then there was like that little voice is like, all right, well maybe email them and see if you could just change divisions. And it's like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I was just praying they wouldn't get back to me. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I didn't check my email again and um, they didn't, they did not get back to me, but a friend who is, or a guy that was coaching someone that was in the division I got transferred for to texted me and said, you're going against my guy and I'm going to break your fucking legs. Um, I was like, oh, really? And I went onto the, the tournament's website and like I had been placed in that division, even though they never got back to me. Yeah. So if he didn't call me to tell me that, that would have been, I could have validated that, that by saying like, oh, I just didn't know I got put in that division. But then at that point, it was like, oh man, now I got to go tomorrow and I got to compete. And now I got nine matches. And yeah. I was like, all right, but backing out just you know whatever's going to happen was going to happen and i felt good about not avoiding fear because that's something that like i don't know it it there's always going to be like a, a way out but i feel like i've gotten pretty good at just eliminating most of those barriers that would prevent me from doing the thing that scares me yeah and so i mean that seems to be pretty common like, i feel like everybody that has to overcome fear kind of recognizes that they have to stop negotiating themselves out of things Mm -hmm. yeah so how are you winning those arguments by not not really like giving myself those options so it's like i i know what for example the fearful instance would be Mm -hmm. and not coming up with excuses i know i could just simply not do it like that's really the only thing that would prevent me Mm -hmm. but it's not like oh like my body hurts today or i can't do this i can't do that like those kind of things typically typically don't come into my head it's just all right either do this or don't do this but I know I'm going to do it. Okay. All right. And just for everybody watching, that is the fear chakra. We're just moving up the chakra. Oh, wow, wow. Did yeah. we get to my butthole yet? That was the butthole. Start with the butthole. All right. We yeah. don't even have lab coats on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is so easy to get to this man's butthole. Yeah. <laughs> Way easier than he thinks it is. <laughs> uh, are you guys brown eye doctors? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hardly hardly felt anything, man. You guys are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. That brown eye doctor was fucking perfect, by the way. Cool. Because we should have been saying ophthalmologist that whole time. (laughs) (laughs) We're saying saying eye doctors like kids. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, this next shot, we're going up the chakra chain, right? And then uh, this next one is a segment we call My Bad. And this is where we give out an apology to any person, place, or thing that might need it from you. And Ooh, set wow. your energy back to neutral for, for getting that out of you. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of... 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're generally a good guy, so this is gonna be uh, tough for you. You work really hard to be a good. But guy. here's here's why I'm ha- I'm struggling is because like part of like kind of like getting my shit together over like the past like five years, like I've made like a ton of amends to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of just like, uh, do you remember when I you know <laughs> called you blah, 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 on Facebook? Like I'm sorry. So I feel like most people. Uh, actually, I feel badly about this. All right, so two weeks ago, I went to Chicken and Pete's. Still warm. I love it. I went to Chicken and Pete's to get French fries for my daughter, and it was taking forever. And I get that things are just slow now in restaurants, and like that wasn't an issue. But I went to pay, and I had a hundred dollar bill on me for like four days, and I just wanted to like break it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, do you have anything smaller?" I was like, well, I have my debit card. They're like, well, can you give us that? It's like, this this is a chain restaurant. Like, you don't have change for a $100 bill now. Yeah. And eventually I just paid with my card, and uh, I didn't leave a tip. Oh. And I pride myself on, like, just being generous with tips, but I was so angry that they couldn't break my $100 bill. And it wasn't this person's fault that they couldn't break it. Yeah. You know, I don't think that she was trying to trick me. Like, she had, like, a whole wad of, like, Tens in there, just like no, I'm just not going <laughs> to. But I feel really bad about not tipping that person, even though they didn't get my food, they didn't do anything. But yeah, you know, just it was a chick. Yeah, was she black? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's so a, I do feel bad about that. Cause yeah. That's yeah. That's that's a tough one. You can't make that up. Yeah. Right. Because if you go, if you went back and retipped her, now it's like a huge gesture, which she also doesn't deserve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh man. But it was well actually she she brought a manager over and she was black. Because she's like, Can do we have change for this somewhere? She's like, No, just ask them to pay by card. I felt that there were black fingertips <laughs> on there. there now you felt fingers. it. He's yeah. getting good at these cards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're an oracle, dude. Yes. Yeah. I felt it. There was a present. Yeah. Because like, manager, yeah. <laughs> well, because like that's like um that that level of like uh there's a new there's a new type of customer service that is happening. Okay. That is being very informed by the black community, mm-hmm. where it's like it was like uh, I don't care, you know, like the customer, <laughs> the customer used to always be right. Yeah, uh-huh. I hate that. Now it's like I don't care. I, I, I do like that they're adopting that mindset. So like I can respect that she just told me no because I I don't think customers are told no often enough. I think I'm told no too often. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I grew up in the '90s when the customer was always right. That's, yeah. about, that's how I like customer service. You know. Customer service is getting too black. I said it. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. <laughs> no, it's um, all right. So uh, what would you say is a situation that you felt the most disappointment and how did you learn to, to not still be disappointed in yourself? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is a situation where it's probably about 15 years old. I was so disappointed in myself for getting to this point, but my wife and I had had a fight the night before, and I was driving into work super early. It was probably like 5 in the morning. I had to drive into the city. It was like the lamest job ever. Um, I had a job doing interior landscaping. So I would basically drive around to stores in the city and just water their plants for them. <laughs> it was the fucking worst. Sounds better when you call it interior it's landscaping. So yeah, much yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like so much. When he said that, I was like, ooh, what is this going to yeah. be? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not as fancy as those two words make it sound. You didn't even move pots from one spot to another. I, I had these two gigantic like green water jugs, and once I parked in the city, I would normally just walk around, and I don't know how. 
I, I passed the black Israelites most days, and I don't know how I didn't get roasted by them for yeah. carrying these two gigantic water pails. There is, they probably were just trying to figure out what the fuck you were yeah. doing. <laughs> he never knows seen something. A man yeah. Doing that. As long as I've been alive and seen jobs exist, yeah. <laughs> I've never no, seen no, somebody walk around with not two for a hundred years. Like, right? yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy because, like, I had. I know there's backpacks that contain water and you could just take a <laughs> nozzle off and put it on. Like yeah, to me, yeah. like that's much more efficient than having a 30 year old man <laughs> carry two gigantic <laughs> green jugs throughout the city. Did they have lids on them? No. So if you like tripped and fell and like, or yeah, if you knocked was, one over, you're yeah, just it was, screwed. Yeah. I was watering the carpet. Dude, that yeah. was thousands of years. <laughs> thousands of years since people were walking around with unlidded <laughs> buckets to water it things. Man, as they really because I feel like the hose kind of put that whole industry <laughs> out of business. Like there probably used to be a family with a last name for oh, that wow. job. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about hose, like not primarily carry water, dude. I mean, once once hose were invented, everybody put their buckets down. <laughs> <laughs> like, where, wait, where the hose at? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, wait, so we didn't hear the yeah, end yeah, of it. Yeah. We got caught up on carrying water jugs uh, around. Oh, so <laughs> anyway, like, that's the job that I was driving to, and I'd spent. I was arguing the night before, up until maybe like four hours until I was actually driving into the city, um, to do this this awful job that I hated, and um, I had cried so. <laughs> <laughs> I cried so hard that like I rubbed the contacts out of my eyes and that was my last pair of contacts and I didn't have glasses at the time <laughs> and I I was so broke and uh, I was just so sad and so mad at myself for being so broke that now I couldn't see <laughs> and I had to drive into the city to do a job that I hated and the reason why I was crying because I had I had fought with my wife. <laughs> Man, so yeah. like, I mean, and really, in a moment like that, the only person you can really call and lean on is your wife. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's uh, but that is a wild, I, because I, I, I don't remember what the what the the worst situation of my brokenness was, like the worst consequences of being broke, mm -hmm. like going blind is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new type of broke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I think like you hit such depths of poverty. Like normal people don't understand like the the depths of poverty are like the fucking circles of hell. Yeah, it's like there there's all variations of it. It's not just about not having money, mm -hmm. but like the indignities that you have to suffer along the way, like that. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like I can't see, and there's nothing I I can do about this. <laughs> It's like, could, like, were you were you even concerned about losing your bucket job because you couldn't see? Like, how deep did that go? I, I, I must have been because I was dead set on getting there. Yeah. And at the time, like, we were, we, we were like poor up until like, like dirt poor up until maybe like a year ago. Hell yeah. So, at the time, it was just like the thought of just quitting that job just didn't cross my mind because mm -hmm. you know every, we needed like every dollar that came in. Okay. Was this was this your only job at the time or were you working? Yeah, well, you? like I, I would work um, at a school during the school year. So there would be like three months of the year where like I had to find some bullshit job that could just like help pay bills. Yeah. And this was that bullshit job for the summer. So it's just like I knew even I just had to make it three months with this job 
but even so, like this was probably you know midsummer. Yeah. So I couldn't quit just yet. I mean, I'm glad that you did handle it that way, though. I feel like, again, I, I know I complain about teachers being pussies all the time, but I feel like <laughs> they complain about not having, you know, fair pay as teachers, and then they just sit on their ass the whole summer. Yeah, you know, that was, I guess because I, I wasn't like, it, I worked in education, but I wasn't a teacher. Yeah. So I guess like that was that made things different too, but I don't know. But yeah, the thought of like just hanging out all summer and just, like roughing it, yeah, was like it. It yeah. never entered my mind. So, the disappointment that you f- you were suffering was the disappointment in arguing with your wife the most. Like, no, it was more just that like I was I felt like such a loser that I couldn't. One that um, I was crying as a result of arguing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two that I was blasting Fiona Apple. <laughs> and three, I, love Fiona Apple. I do too. She's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, and then three that. I couldn't see and there was nothing I could do about it. Yeah. So I had to wait till payday to be able to see again. <laughs> so it was going to be a few days <laughs> to get my eyes turned back on. I feel like I see glasses <laughs> discarded on like sidewalks all the time. Like <laughs> Those are just like rich people with good vision. They're yeah. just trying to rub it in poor people's yeah. faces. <laughs> but it's like, it's like you, like when you're, you're broke and you don't pay your electric bill, your power gets cut off. Like your, your eyes can get cut off too. Like That's funny. <laughs> Can't wait till payday so I can get my eyes turned back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, stay that shit in two weeks. <laughs> stay that shit in two weeks. <laughs> Man, it, it would, you know, that's, uh, so when I was a kid, my mom, my mom was, you know, she was a fairly responsible person. And, uh, you know, we would have times where she couldn't pay the light bill. Right. You know, so we had to sit. We, we would be that house, like we had cable, but it didn't matter. Because yeah. we didn't have electricity, yeah. you know? <laughs> but like she always made sure the cable didn't go off. Because apparently, getting the cable back on was a, a more of a hassle. Yeah, than I the, get the it. Electricity back mm-hmm. back then, you yeah. know. So it was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been there. Yeah, I've been wa- like waiting to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's wild, man. That is a wild situation. So how did you how did you see your way out? <laughs> Well, I lied to a man in a coat, (laughs) (laughs) and then 15 minutes later, he let me see again. Yeah. But um, eventually, I feel like I developed a strong enough work ethic as to where maybe things like weren't ever that dire again. Mm -hmm. Even though, like we, we, you know, like I said, like we were broke, like broke, broke up until like a year ago. Um, Things were never as bad as that moment, and I felt like that was kind of like the turning point would say like, okay, like you got to like do something different about this <coughs> so that if, if you need contacts, like you're not some fucking dickhead crying on 95. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see. I cannot wait until, you know, like all your kids are adults and you're giving that weird parents advice. And you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? It's like, listen, you always want to make sure you have a good job so you can see. It's like, what? <laughs> what do you, what, that makes you go blind if you like, <laughs> You know, yeah. like that's uh, my, like my mom was always like, you know, always, always make sure you wear a clean pair of underwear. <laughs> 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 it's like four if you have to go to the hospital, yeah. you know, like some, for something really bad. Yeah, like you if don't. somebody who can't see is driving and they smash into you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when the doctor is like operating on me, they're going to be like, look at this dude's underwear. <laughs> 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 or it's like my mom has never really had anything that bad happen to her. Yeah. Because yeah. if something that bad happens to you. 
Nobody you're, cares you're, about you're, your well, underwear. You're gonna need a new pair of underwear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <In that laughs> true, moment. true. You know, when you when you keep concussed hard enough, your body just relaxes. Yeah, it all know? just happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When I was hit by the car, I shit my pants. <laughs> 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 I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So you work you worked your way out of that disappointment. You worked your way out of seeing yourself that way anymore. Yeah, I mean, it takes a while. Like, I mean, to to have money is one thing, but like the shame that comes along with being that poor, mm-hmm. it. T- I honestly, I don't know if it'll ever leave because I think that's that kind of fear that money's just going to run out for a certain period of time. Like, it, it still exists, and I think it's part of why I have like a strong work ethic now. It's just because it, it always in the back of my mind that there's there's always those kind of moments. Like, even I mean, we I experienced like even as a kid, there was a time where like. I got my glasses broken. Um, we were just talking about dodgeball, but like I got my glasses broken. Jim, a kid threw a ball across the gym. I'm pretty sure he was trying to hit me because I was <laughs> fat and I had glasses. So yeah, like, for everybody yeah, was so, yeah. yeah. So and it, the ball hit me and it just broke my glasses. And then I brought him home and like my face was fucked up a little bit. And it was just like, well, we can't fix this now. So and I had to. St- I, oh my god, uh, shit. I'm I'm starting to sweat because of the shame this is bringing back. <laughs> but the, for like the next week, the only class where I really needed to see the board was algebra, and I sat in the first seat. But still, like my eyesight was that bad as to where I still couldn't see what he was writing on the board. So I, the, the teacher saw me squinting hard enough. He's like, he's like, you can't see this. I said, no, I can't. He's like, all right, well, you got to get this. So you got to come stand up here. The class was packed. It was probably like over 30 kids in this class. So. If the board is here, I had to stand like right here <laughs> and watch Mr. Dunahue write algebraic equations on the board. Like I could probably lick the chalkboard with how close I had to stand to this motherfucker. See, you were so poor you had to shadow a teacher. <laughs> That is a uh, you don't you don't get these. Uh, this is a like a like a real uh, truthful un- unveiling of what it's like to be poor. Okay? This is this is like uh, th- these aren't the things you think about. Yeah, you know? I, I think for the average person, being poor is just not having money to do shit. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah, being yeah. poor is like not only do I not have money to do shit, but I don't know if it's even going to come. Yeah. And good luck with your health. Good luck with your eyesight. Good luck with your teeth. It's also funny to think back all those times when you would see like those weird experiences, like kids having uh, experiences that kind of stuck out from the normal experience in school, and like that was probably because they were poor. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the stinky kid, or like well, like, they were definitely poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, like I, I know, like standing, like shadowing a teacher because you can't see <laughs> is, is a good one. Is a good one, but it's like stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, why does that kid have to? The kid that doesn't have the right shoes yeah. for something, and it's yeah, got to yeah. do like. Why does that kid have to sit down for gym class? Yeah, it's like he's too poor. Yeah, to do gym. Like <laughs> 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 he can't have fun. Yeah, <laughs> he's too poor to have fun. Or like kids that would be at recess, mm-hmm. just like not participating in anything, and you're like, what is what's the deal? Yeah, it's like they were just too poor. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's just a funny, not funny. It's kind of. Well, it is funny. It should be sad, but it, it's I funny mean, to think about to me. <laughs> it really, like, it's, I mean, aside from, like, you know, not having those things, but, like, being poor, like, really makes you think, like, all right, if I pop the button on my only pair of pants right now, I don't know when I'm going to get another, be able to get a button on there. <laughs> so I'm not going to participate in gym for that reason. 
Yeah. Damn. <laughs> right? Because, and you would see that kid and you would think like, oh, it's because he's fat. Right, yeah. It's like, well, the, dude, I'm fat and poor. It's poor. It's the poor <laughs> thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I do. I mean, I feel, I want to go back and like fix my perspective on all those chubby kids that weren't doing stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. They were poor like me. Yeah. You know? But so that, that's a funny thing, too, is um, I, like, being poor, like, we were poor. We were constantly getting evicted and things like that, living in cars and stuff. But my mom, very early on, made a distinction between me and her. Like, like this is me. These are my choices. Like, I'm, mm. I'm fucked up. Like, you'll never be like this. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I was, like, it was, like, I, I lived almost with all people who were outside of that one. Like, you know how, like, people who never really felt that sort of, like, the depth of that sort of poverty, like, pretend to when they get to a certain age? Yeah. You know, like, they mm-hmm. go to college, and they're like, oh, we're so poor, and, like, or they're mm-hmm. out, right out of college, living with roommates, like, oh, we're so poor. It's like, no, you're, you're, you're choosing this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, uh, but I, I pretty much had their experience, where it was mm-hmm. like, I got to be poor without feeling poor. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Do, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I do. Like, yeah. I've never... I never really felt the the shame of the levels of poor that we were. Oh, I felt it for you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I walked so kids like me couldn't run in gym class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's uh. So, uh, Randy, what have you learned from grief? Oh my god, I gotta be. I'm trying to think. Like, I've really been lucky. Like, I haven't really had anybody like super close to me die. Couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, we're too poor to be sad. We can't we can't afford it. Oh, but I will to that point, I will say this. I, I guess I learned that um if every now and again you might have a relative that leaves you some money. Yeah. I had one person in my family die and leave me money and I didn't know it was coming. And it was incredible. Yeah. So I learned that sometimes the emotional investments you make in people could also turn into financial investments. How? Wow. I mean, what better reason to be a compassionate, genuine yeah. person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, can't, I, can't, I, I honestly feel bad about this, though, but like I, it didn't my relationship with my aunt who left me that money didn't end the way that like on a way that I feel good about because my last recollection. Just Aunt Pat. <laughs> yeah. The lady okay. that just spoke about yeah, the yeah. cards. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I are a happy birthday in heaven, Aunt Pat. But uh, is it her birthday? No. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, she the last the last interaction I think I might have had with her was also it was very funny, but it was also fucked up. I had just gotten a dog that I couldn't take care of. All right. <laughs> Bad it, choice. Yeah. Just this wild ass beagle that I got from the pound. And it just so happened that like two weeks after I got him. I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife. So I was tearing it up with my wife now. And I had my dog at home. And my Aunt Pat had to take care of him because my aunt was taking care of my niece at the time. And I wasn't home to take the dog out, take him for walks and shit like that. So my aunt was taking care of him. This dog was just wild. And anytime the door opened, he would take off. And I was walking to the door, and he could hear me. And um, as I opened the door, he was running out. And Ampac grabbed onto his collar, and he was powerful. He, I mean, he had something else beagle in him, might have like PCP <laughs> or something. <laughs> but this little, this fucking mid-sized beagle pulled my pretty big Ampat out the door. It was like a cartoon 
jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like he pulls her out the door. <laughs> like when cartoon characters don't let go of a bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like I could tell, I think she was embarrassed, and she might have been hurt, like physically hurt too. And but when you see something like that happen, it's hard not to laugh. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that might be the last interaction I had with. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's yeah. actually funny though. I yeah, I think you it know, is. Like, who doesn't want to go that way? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. If, if I could have my last memory be anything, I would want it to be something that every time somebody thought of it, they start cracking up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. True. That's uh. So, but grief doesn't necessarily have to be from uh, loss of a human, right? Mm. Because uh, y- you know, it's like the the like as, uh, there's a level of sadness. There's a there's a depth of uh, sadness that just once you reach it, it is it is grief, and it and it feels like you are grieving a loss. Yeah, you know? well, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a very interesting way to put it. And now that you say that, you know, I guess there's a lot of other things that I guess I, I've grieved about, but actual. Typical gr- grief in the typical sense, I have not, but just, you know, in that kind of sense, I guess there, there's others, but. Do you, um, like, so coming from somebody that did not grow up poor, mm-hmm. you know, with a lifestyle like that, watching parents make, like, I have two very responsible parents, mm-hmm. you know, is there, is there a level of grief, like, or it did, I guess it's different for everybody, but like, did, do you guys ever look at that and be like, I mean, I've talked to you about this, like like why is that you know and like that changes as you grow up right because it's mm-hmm. so when you're a kid and looking at grown-ups making choices it's kind of like you understand it completely different once you reach like a you know once you're a parent looking yeah. and like looking back and being like what the fuck was my dad doing you know like yeah I, I mean there there is part of that and it's like i i think i think people might hit a certain age and just kind of accept defeat and just say like this is the best that i can do yeah mm-hmm. and even though i i've i've you know even though like i've talked talk about like being poor in like childhood and adulthood like i feel like i've been um what's the word that i'm looking for privileged enough to understand that like through whatever kind of experience or seeing other people do this that like there is a way out of that no matter like how late in life it might be or how you know fucked up your circumstances can be so there is a way out so i think there there might be a certain privilege in that but you know i think looking back as a kid like i don't think my parents thought that way yeah mm-hmm. i just yeah. thought they thought that like all right you know something might work out but in the meantime you know we're just going to work till we die yeah which i think was just typical of that of that generation mm-hmm. you know and it's and i think pe- people that are from that kind of era like my parents are probably my parents are in the early 70s now you know there wasn't they didn't think about doing shit that like i think of like i want to you know, I just took my kids across the country to go to a concert. Right. Like their thoughts are just like, all right, do you want to eat this week, motherfucker, or, or or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where like that's the only thing that they think about. Yeah. So, yeah. I and think it, yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say like the, in their mind, there was probably like, okay, I've got their basic needs served, and that's really all a child needs. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I don't mean to keep uh, harping on on this grief thing, but I feel like a lot of people who don't have what would be the, the stereotypical grief, which is like the loss of a close loved mm-hmm. one, I feel like they have a little shame in the the grief that they experienced in their in their life. Which, in, until you have that experience of of losing a close loved one, that grief you feel is the realest grief you will ever feel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And how 
how to pick yourself up from that or just like again to not even be ashamed that this is your grief right yeah and to be able to pick yourself up and move on and like you said you you, you know to to stave off fear you just throw yourself into things mm-hmm. well, how do you even get up I, I don't know i mean yeah. that that's a good question i think um i think i could point to a specific turning point in my life where things just I don't know. I feel like existence started to turn around for me. I got very fortunate in that I, I was resigned to the fact that nothing fortuitous was ever going to happen to me. And I got to a point where it was just another crippling fucking poverty story where my car broke down to a point where I couldn't afford to get it fixed. So, we, like, we didn't have a car for, I don't know, maybe a year or so. And it was just, like, humiliating, taking buses Bus everywhere. People. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, if you forgot paper towels, it's like, God damn. Right? <laughs> back to the supermarket. But going back to that, it was just like nothing fortuitous is ever going to happen. I made enough to where, you know, it was like my parents' mindset. It was like I made enough as to where we have food. And most of the time we can't have our shit still on. Mm. But there was nothing else. And I was just resigned to the fact that I might never have a car again. But I had a boss who was is the nicest lady in the world. She just got a new car, and she's like, look, I'm going to give you my car and just pay me for it whenever you can. Wow. That literally changed my life because now I was able to get a second job. Yeah. And having that second job, we were able to do fun shit on the weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, you know, it was cool, you know, from a practical standpoint, we could do more. But also, you know, from an existing standpoint, it was like, oh, shit, like, sometimes things can work out for you. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's pretty wild. So two, two. Well, first question. Wait, so are we still in my butthole chakra? No, we get out you're way up in your heart right now. Yeah, what was the uh, while you were poor? What was the f- what was the furthest distance you ever pushed a grocery cart outside of a grocery store? Oh man, um, <laughs> I don't think too far. Yeah, like you never you never walked home with a grocery cart full of groceries. You know, we probably did because we lived like two blocks from the supermarket, so. I don't remember specifics, but we had to have pushed that cart yeah. to our house. Like up to the door? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, we were, we were two, like two blocks from the supermarket, so odds are yeah. it was probably that. Okay. And I, I gotta, my wife did most of the dirty work because like, when we were on like food stamps and we were getting like, you had like the checks that you would use to get baby formula, like I would always like go hang out by like the newspapers like while the cashier like <laughs> rung all that shit up for her. So. Yeah. I don't know. She probably has more experience with that stuff than I do. Yeah. I mean, how was how how did that make you feel? Just like that, even though she was doing it, that distance that you had from it, you're still part of it. Yeah, it was. I, it, I don't know. Like all this stuff, it's hard to like quantify like what's worse than the other. But it was just all part of like this, like this seemingly like never ending cycle of poverty where it's just like, you know, at some point this shit has to end. But then it's just like, all right, it might not. Yeah. And then I guess the only solution that I could think of was to have more kids. <laughs> <laughs> why? So before we move on to the, why is th- why, what happens to poor people that we do that? Like, why? Like what, how is that even Me? the case? I just like pussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't put words in everybody else's mouth, but. <laughs> I mean, I guess like when you reach a certain level of poverty, like coming is free. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Kids came about for yeah. many other reason. Like if instead of fucking, it was just like you have to make a $250 deposit in a savings account. It was like, I wouldn't have any kids right now. 
So that that's the only reason why we can't. Well, no, I shouldn't say it because like we we did enjoy it, and we you know. I don't know. You, you just love your kids and it's like yeah. you love having them. It's just like, all right, we'll figure it out. Like at yeah. some point, like I guess something's got to go right. And then, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it is too. When you're I mean, I can, I, I'm thinking about it now, like when you're in that depth and you're, you're feeling low, uh, remembering the joy that a kid brings into your life. And, yeah. And just like you're busy. You're too busy mm-hmm. to think about how poor you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, because like we were, we've been poor. Yeah. You know, we were poor when we first yeah. had our son. Oh, we were living in an apartment complex, eating on a kitchen floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've been we've, we've been places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, we used to go to the dollar store. We're five below people now. <laughs> well, we used to go to the dollar store. Yeah, you know, you don't act like we we've been five below people. <laughs> <laughs> they should put a five below next to a dollar store just to be like, look at you. Of <laughs> yeah, make you feel good maybe someday yourself. you'll live yeah. up to this. I'll put you motherfuckers over. <laughs> I could, yeah. I could buy a hula hoop right now. Can you say the same? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like those. Like I don't know, just having kids is just fun. I mean, now there's like, I feel like we've reached the point where like we're definitely not having it anymore, and like you get to think back to like, oh man, I really, I really love that when it was happening. Like one thing that instantly comes to mind is like when you know the baby's up. And you go in their room and they're like, like bouncing because they see you. they're so excited to see you. Yeah. Like, like that kind of shit where it's like, oh, man, like that was cool then. But like, you don't realize it. like, all right, it's just going to stop at one point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's very dangerous. Like, because you only remember the good times that way, you know, and. You know, we, we were just talking recently about whether or not to have kids again, mm-hmm. you know, because when we think back to those good times, it's times two. The last yeah. kids we had oh were my twins, God, yeah. adorable little big-eyed girls looking up at you like that you know Mm -hmm. it's like how could you not want that again yeah Yeah. you know it's uh would you be disappointed if you decided to have more kids and you found out there was only one (laughs) just like no i love pussy too i was like (laughs) 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 i enjoyed the process (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think it would be uh probably more of a relief i think yeah Mm -hmm. the 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 fear is that we would have multiples again Mm -hmm. you know it's uh because listen i we ain't poor, but we ain't rich. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, we finally got to a place where we were financially comfortable. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I kind of want to enjoy this. Yeah. You know, what, what it means. It really, I mean, you, it's hard to lose sight of just how much it costs to have a baby, let alone two and let alone three. Mm-hmm. And then I think it, it really didn't hit me up until I would say like the kids got involved in like youth sports. Because it's just like, all right, like every three months, it's like, all right, you got to pay this, and yeah. then you got to pay this, and you got to yeah. pay this, and like, you know, why do they need all this money? Like, yeah. they're just running they're around the field. on the field. Yeah. 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 And Looking. then, like, that's when shit starts to add up, and then it's, you know, when that's done, or although it's not really done, it just changes into different needs for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you start to realize, like, fuck, like, I, there's nothing that could prepare you for just how taxing it is financially, how taxing it is emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. But yet you still want to do it again if you could. It's yeah, best, yeah. You know? It's being a parent is the best. I feel like, like w- as you get older and you look back on it, you'll be like, "What's the one thing I regret?" Like it'd be like, "Oh, maybe not ha- like not yeah. having that that last child," you know? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. like but you get through all the other stuff. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's us three parents move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Randy, what is your f- the, your favorite lie, white little white lie that you've ever told? Or this uh, is your th- throat shock. Yeah, and then you get extra karmic points if you're willing to give us a current lie you're telling, like a current white lie that you're oh, sitting. Oh man. 
wow, I, I don't know. There was one time where I remember I went with um, a couple comedy buddies up to New York State, and we were in a bowling alley, and uh, it was Mayo. He told like the group of people next to us that we were a band in town called Saints on Fire. <laughs> And it was, was, is that a real band? No, it was, it was just <laughs> it was just somebody lying for the sake of lying. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. I'll go with it. Yeah. And it was like kind of fun. And, and it was because like, it was like such like a like a town where like you could tell like the only thing they had were a bowling alley and a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like you could hear people saying like, yo, I hear those guys are in a band. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, this is pretty cool, man. I just, so it was working. The yeah, it was like, cool. Like, yeah, it, it was kind of fun to keep up. And yeah. Did you guys get anything out of it? Like, did anything happen from the lie? Uh, I got drunk. <laughs> for free? No, 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 no. Okay, but gotcha, gotcha. but that night, um, yeah, we just drank a ton of beer. But um, a current lie, I don't, I don't know. I, I Have you ever been much of a liar? I think I had a pretty strong phase. Well, yeah, well, well, my drug addiction phase that was a big one. Yeah, that was a lot of lies. Um, and that, it was mostly pills, right? No, oh god, it was pills, booze, and coke. Okay. And it was like most of the time because like pills I could take because I had a prescription and like, you know, I could always validate it by saying like, hey, I, you know, the doctor gave me this. So I'm I'm taking them for a reason. Yeah. But with like um, when I would do coke, that's when like, all right, fuck, I got to set up all my lies. Like, what you know, why do I have there was one time where like it was like after one of the e- one of the Eagles um, championship game losses where. When it became apparent they were going to lose, I was like, fuck it. I'm just doing a ton of drugs tonight. <laughs> and um, I went to the ATM. And at the time, my wife and I, we only had a shared checking account. And I wait to, went to the ATM like three times in four hours. And then she, <laughs> I, I open my <laughs> – I get a text message. And she says, like, why the fuck are you making three withdrawals? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like before I can even respond, it's like, all right, fuck. What am I going to say is the reason why I just made three withdrawals in four hours? Yeah. And I don't even know what I said. I might, I might have just not responded, but like, where does your mind even go in that situation? Like, you got, you know, you're. She just hit me up. I gotta, gotta tell her something. Are you going for the thing most likely to be the case, or like thing that she'd most likely believe? Like, so I guess like, do you go with her? Or do you go with you? Um, I think I knew the jig was up, and like, no matter what I said, she wouldn't believe. Yeah. So. I don't even remember what I said, but odds are I said it was probably like gambling on the game. <laughs> don't worry, man. I, I just that, it's okay. Yeah, I just have yeah. a horrible gambling it's problem. Still an yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you, you probably think it's drugs. <laughs> you probably think it's drugs. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every like yeah, my drug phase was like my worst lying phase because like it, it was like lies to everybody and it was like always about drugs. Like I remember I ended up in Atlantic City one night. And I ran out of money pretty quickly. I sent a mass text message <laughs> asking everybody in my phone to PayPal me a hundred dollars. <laughs> 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 no, it wasn't even PayPal. I don't even know if PayPal was around, but it was. I think I asked him the Western Union me because <laughs> this was like 2012. Um, but fortunately, most people didn't respond. Butterly was one of the few people to respond. He actually called me. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, what's going on?" Like you could tell that he knew that something was up, and I don't remember what I told him. Um, Dude, but that so when you do something like that, like because Butterly's a tech guy, so mm-hmm. he he knew that was a mass text message. It was like I I messaged everybody. It might not have been everybody all in one shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. It, I might have individualized it. 
that's kind of worse. But it was it, <laughs> it was to everybody in my phone who I felt could digest getting a message from me at like one or two in the morning or whatever it was. Yeah. Then might get out of bed or not be in bed and yeah. come Western Union yes. you some money. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> insane to think that. a fucking 24-7 giant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Western Union you some money. <laughs> and three people actually did. It was Western Union. Three people or two people actually did. Uh, my wife's cousin sent me money. And then um, a comedy buddy, Pat Barker, did. Okay. And so I at least had 200 bucks waiting at Western Union for me when I got home. Because like, at the time, nobody was going to send it, and drugs were wearing off, and then that's when the depression hits, and I was like, yeah. I'm the biggest loser on earth. Fortunately, um, you remember Danny Ozark, right? I do. Um, he was in – He was. I knew he would be down there because he played poker a lot. Yeah. And I messaged him, and I was like, hey, is there any way you could send me 40 bucks to get back home? Because I didn't have any gas money, no toll money. He's like, yeah, I'm wherever he was. And he gave me 40 bucks to get home. And then before I went home, I stopped at a Western Union just because I knew that $200 was waiting for me there just so I can come home and say, tell my wife, you see, I didn't blow all my money. (laughs) (laughs) How am I going to blow all my money? I have $200 in my pocket. She was like, was that from the text that you also sent to me? (laughs) 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 Oh my God. That's wild. Yeah. Did you you go down that? Was was there an injury that started you on the pills that took you down that path? It was because I had taken painkillers like once before I really got hooked and they didn't really take like they were awesome but yeah. then I didn't really seek them out again and then I really got hurt like I I I ruptured two discs in my back and I needed them for probably maybe like two weeks but I kept going back and the doctor would write it every time I would go so I just kept going and going and going and eventually it went from like feeling good all the time to like being sick and depressed when I didn't have them and then feeling as though like I have to have these things or else like I'm going to die. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I was like kind of laughing because every time we get to a question, you're like, I don't think I know. But how about these five things? <laughs> <laughs> See, um, let me tell you the darkest thing you're probably going to ever hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, all right. Did you, do you have more questions on that? No, no. Yeah. But yeah, that was, yeah. Well, then what, like, what led it, what took you, was it just, like, because you were in such a shit place that you went, like, that was a big part to of the it. alcohol and then the coke and everything? Yeah, it was just, like, everything, I feel like trying to unwrap my myself for, like, the past, like, close to five years now, like, I found out, like, a lot, a lot can be explained through, like, trying to prove myself to people, mm-hmm. because I feel as though, I, I'm, 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 there's very few people that I'm actually comfortable around, even to, like, have a conversation Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing or just, you know, do something stupid. And I'm just very self-conscious. So I can see that, like, okay, I, you know, would drink because, like, after two drinks, yeah. you're a little looser and you feel better. And then it's like, all right, well, now if I do coke, that's going to make me feel even better. And, like, it's going to be easy for me to go talk to these people. And I'll make plans that I'll never keep. But in the time, it feels good to, like, be able to, like, have what I interpret as, like, a normal interaction with somebody. Yeah. And then with pills, it's the same thing. I can, you know, I look back to like my Facebook post and I'm always trying to connect with people like, hey, if anybody needs help with anything, like just message me, text me. Yeah. There was one time where like, I feel like, do you remember an Eagles game where it was just like blinding snow, maybe from like 2014 or 15. And it was just like a very cool occurrence because like you could barely see the field. Well, the snow was so bad in Philadelphia that um, 
you know Johnny Good Times? I do. Um, his wife was about to give birth, and he had posted it on Facebook. And so I messaged him. I was like, yeah, I know it's snowing really bad, so if you need a truck to get your wife to the hospital, I have access to one. I didn't have access to a truck. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good lie. It is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, that's the kind of shit that like that would like lead me toward. So were, were you lucky in that he didn't have to lean on that your access I, to I was, and it was like, you know... <laughs> I guess going back to what I was like originally saying, it's just like I just wanted to be able to like be accepted by people. Yeah. And if if he had said like, yeah, I could really use that right now, I probably would have done enough to come up with a truck somehow. That is another good thing about drug addicts, man. Resourceful. Fucking resourceful. Yeah. (laughs) They make shit happen, but not for them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I mean that's like like the the drive to do kind things for others Mm -hmm. is like. Like, I think that's very universal that people want to be able, you know, like, I think a lot of times when people are like, oh, if I had tons of money, like I mm-hmm. would just, you know, help out my friends and I would just help out like that straight, you know, like I yeah. just tip that yeah. waitress and like change her life. Like you want to be able mm-hmm. to like change people's lives and like yeah. make things better around you. And yeah. like and th- sometimes yeah. it's hard to find that, you yeah. know, yeah. And I, there were times where I was tipping waitresses and pills. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change your life for the yeah. worst. Yeah. <laughs> How how did you learn or have you learned to get over that desire to impress people so much? Yeah, I feel I'm getting over it now, but I'm still not over the anxiety of the, that I feel when I have a typical interaction with somebody. Okay. Like this is very easy for me to come and do because I'm comfortable with the both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, I was just in 7-Eleven and the line had formed in two separate spots. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I, I might just leave. <laughs> Because I didn't want to deal with the interaction of having to say, like, uh, yeah, well, I was kind of here first. And, like, all right, well, you can go. But then I'm going to feel like a bitch if I let this fucking idiot go ahead of me. It's like, I'll just put my fucking Red Bull back. Like, I don't need it that bad. I, I feel like situations like that call me. Yeah. You yeah. should have just had yeah. Sydney come yeah. over. Yeah, I need a seeing eye, Sydney. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I love like I love those experiences. Like I won't even be in line, Mm -hmm. and I'll see two lines forming like confusion. Uh I'm up. Yeah, (laughs) I'm up. Yeah, I got this. I'll fix this. Yeah, you know, it's like I love going and like offering. I I like solving problems. Mm -hmm. You know, and like whether I'm involved or not, I like going and like seeing people having a problem and then like. Here's a solution. Because a lot of times it's... Um, it's his superhero gift. Yeah. It's his... A, a lot of times... <laughs> Put like, your cape on. Yeah. Like, I'll solve this line. <laughs> <laughs> like, multiple people would know the solution, mm-hmm. but they just don't want to speak up. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of like, hey, we can speak up here. You're, you're good at, like, resolving those in a very, um, I guess, like, fruitful way. Because I, I heard you, like, have an argument with somebody in the back of my car one time. I was like, <laughs> like wow... <laughs> This he wasn't even supposed to be in the back of your car. He's just back there arguing with somebody. Yeah, can I sit here and argue real quick? That's my seeing eye sitting in that thing. But like hearing you, the way that you spoke to that person, like, wow, that's a normal way to speak to somebody because my inter- there, there's always that thought in the back of my mind, like how I mentioned like the nuclear option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, that's like my darkest fear that I'll freak out on somebody that doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Because, you know, ever since I was little, I've always had like this this weird internal conflict where it's just like, all right, how much do you take? How much do you let go? And then how much, when do you explode on somebody? And like never knowing that line and where like that meets in the middle. So a lot of times I'm just like fighting with myself the whole time. 
Was yeah. that something like like did your dad have a temper and like yeah, he, not yeah. know when like to where to draw the line and he did and I felt like now that you say that it probably coming from me just trying to like keep the peace I guess and not uh. like step out of line and like not be like all right should I do this but then as I got older you know that materialized in like me exploding yeah and the natural reaction to that was like trying to dial it back and like trying to find like appropriate reactions to social situations which like I, I still don't know how to do mm-hmm. like there's times where like I feel like um, I probably should have addressed that more. And then there's times where I'm just like, man, like that relationship's ruined. Like yeah. I can't talk to that person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky because like every now and again, my mom would say something that would just fucking resonate, mm-hmm. you know? And like, that still, that still hits me to this day. So I'll do one and then I'll do the one that's applicable. Um, so the one thing she hit me with when I first started getting into gifted and stuff in school and they, they mentioned the teachers and, and gifted program. They're like, you know, you might, because you're now smart, you might not be able to relate to your other peers and people you used to be able to relate to because you're smart now. And like I hit my mom with a version of that and she <laughs> was like, well, if you were smart, you should be able to communicate with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> I don't think you get it. <laughs> but so that, like that just resonated. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, so my mom, again, it's like a big irresponsible table flipper, you know, she's blowing up and like every when something goes wrong, like she's making it go wronger. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not going to let wrong even trump her, yeah. you know? So one time I was like crying about the way she was acting in a store. And she's like, what are you crying for? And I was like, because you're young. And she's like, what the? F-? Yeah. She goes, yeah. And what does that have to do with you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like. What does it have to do with me? Like, <laughs> oh my God. You're right. Let me buy my own business, Bob. I apologize. But it was uh that that reson that resonated. You know, like when a person's blowing up, like I don't I don't attach myself to mm-hmm. that. You know, and I and I feel or I also make sure to not bring anybody into my blow up. Mm. Right? I keep my blow up very isolated. Like I'm not good at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you're gonna see it because I'm blowing up. Mm-hmm. You know, but you will not have to feel it. Other than your witnessing of it, like, I, you're not going to have to feel mm-hmm. this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, you think so? You think we don't <laughs> well, feel yeah. your blow up? Dude, cause you, cause you don't know. You didn't, you didn't grow up with a blow up. Well, I, I don't know. Like, I grew up with a blow up mom who was like 4'11. You know what I mean? So, like, how serious could you really take it? Like, yeah. if you get to a certain age, you're like, all right, mom, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> You know, you just like and all the time that you don't say it, you're doing her a favor. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but like with a dad, it's a little different because like that's like an overbearing human figure in your yeah. life, and it's like, you know, dads they get destructive. You yeah. Know, they have to. And you're just like, I don't want to deal with the destruction of a man. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the destruction of a woman, you just like a couple dustpans. We'll be alright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the destruction of a man is big. Yeah. You holes know, in the walls. Like yeah, we got to put out a fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, man, <laughs> it's like it's like a favorite lie you've told, right? He's like, I don't know, I don't know. and then it's like I have to like try to recap, like which lie do I go with that he said? <laughs> As the one that was, <laughs> but uh, so that is the throat chakra, yeah, right, yeah, and it's good. And and you're an honest person now, though, too. I mean, yeah, not though, yeah. but too. Like that's uh, like how do you feel? Like uh, how do you live in that state of honesty now, like, why are you not 
telling little white lies to impress people or, or whatever. It's just an easier way to live. Yeah. It's uh, well, and on top of that too, like I don't, I don't have behavior to try to validate through lives and lies anymore. Okay. Where there's, you know, my be my behavior, me doing fucked up shit was like the root of every lie I told. And, you know, I go to work, I come home, I do podcasts and, you know, I do schoolwork and it's like, there's, there's nothing that I have to lie about anymore. Yeah. You know, so it's, do you like, um, so you, you said something earlier about how, like, I don't know if you called it tedious, but like, you're like, like, I'm just like doing things in life. And like you said earlier, like you don't feel as connected to maybe spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And I forget exactly how you put it, but like, you know, um, the universe and all that versus now is there like so is that something that like you you battle or you have an internal fight with because yeah. you feel like you're you're missing is, I, is it missing or is it like what what right right now like my biggest struggle is i feel like a lot of times like i'll take off take on more than i could probably handle well at mm-hmm. a given time and like right now i'm in the midst of that but at the same time i could see light at the end of the tunnel like one of the things that's like really consuming right now is finishing school I honestly like when I started school I had a clear idea of what I wanted to do with my life and you know finishing school was getting a good degree and like getting a job in the field that I was working in and then moving forward there but I got I lost that job last December and I was just like all right well fuck it I'm just gonna do podcasts and I make more from podcasting now than I did at that job so I'm just like fuck it why would I want to get another job doing that and I ha- the job that I have now is like, you know, I'm, it's, I, I love it. You know, I was working those two jobs at the same time, you know, even though I kind of like my, my job that I get, that I lost and then really like my other one. Um, I still have the job that I really like right now. Um, so I'm kind of like juggling things as to where like, I feel like everything eventually has a purpose or yeah. everything does have a purpose right now. And eventually there's a means to an end. But I am struggling right now to like dedicate enough to allocate enough time to each thing to feel satisfied with. Mm. It's interesting because uh, you know, like your work ethic is really important, and, and it seems like you you have found a way to value yourself through the work that you put out, mm-hmm. right? And so, when when did you when 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 did that become your value system? Like how how recently? Um. It's varied to degrees, like going back to like when my boss gave me that car and I was able to get a second job, like I had, the, I had to work really long hours and like two really stressful jobs, but I just always had my mindset on the money that I would get and the freedom to do shit on the weekends, like, you know, take family trips and go mm-hmm. down to like, like Maryland or something like that, having that. And then now it's kind of. He's got that Maryland money now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know, going to all kinds of five belows in Maryland. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> we, we, we don't travel much. <laughs> yeah, we're never to Maryland. Yeah, we're just, <laughs> Jersey. Yeah, but we are five below people. We don't, we don't get to travel. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, we're going to, that was, like we said, that was a throw chakra. And uh, again, thank you for your honesty with all that. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we, I mean, not, not that we don't, that we think it's hard, but it's, it's, it's just good for people to hear this stuff to know that, you know, they're, they're not stuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, or just somebody who, dude, lying, it is hard to stop lying. 
Actually, I have to come clean. I lied about everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clear my throat <laughs> chakra. Yeah, they agree. Yeah, but I mean, lying is so fun because, like, not not even fun, but it's like you're you're putting out a perfect perception of yourself. Yeah. Oh, that that's a great point, and like that, you know, even though I could validate, like, saying, like, okay, I lied because I didn't want people to find out about this. Mm-hmm. The reality was, like, I was pro- I'm also pro- trying to project a different version of myself. Yeah. Than what you know what was actually happening. Yeah, which is the whole reason for lying. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what people don't, people don't admit that that's, that's the reason they're lying, which is, which makes it easy for them to keep lying. But you were comfortable in not having to try to live up to that image of yourself anymore. You're like, well, these are all the things that I do. This yeah. Like, and and even though, like, now, like, I, I talk about, like, not feeling comfortable in, in many situations, like, I realize none of that shit matters. Like, nobody in 7-Eleven would fucking remember that interaction two days from now mm-hmm. if there was any kind of issue. Yeah. So it's like... You know, like, I do. I think they'd be like, "Do you remember that dude just put his stuff down and left from 7-Eleven the other day?" <laughs> I think it might stick longer than you. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. You're but right. it just doesn't matter. And I, I think at the root of it, when you when you have like fucking such low self esteem issues, like I've had throughout my life, the flip, you know, the the one of the real negative sides of that is like you either consciously or subconsciously think the world does revolve around you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like no, nobody cares. Like no one, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it truly does not matter, and it's it's hard to like keep that in mind and like recognize that like you know just don't even think twice about this shit. I, it's crazy how selfish it is when you're stuck in those places of low self esteem mm-hmm. or struggling with like yeah. finding your place in the world and like and it's so hard that when you when a person that you like a loved one or you know a friend is in that place to be like you're being fucking selfish right yeah, now like it is. get over like, yourself no i'm not my self esteem is low yeah and they're like but I i'm hurting i like everything sucks the world mm-hmm. sucks yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. and you're being selfish <laughs> yeah yeah like, that is that is i i just yeah you know, i also wanted to linger on that for a second too yeah because self esteem so low that you feel like the world revolves around you yeah mm-hmm. for sure that is man Wow, that's powerful. Is that something that you've articulated before? No, I mean, I mean, just talking about other stuff, I guess, you know, makes these, yeah, I mean, realizations come about. Dude, I'm going to be thinking about that for fucking (laughs) years, (laughs) years, because I mean, that, that is a great litmus test to let you know you need to get your shit together when you're starting to think that everybody's looking at you and all of your mistakes people are thinking about and all of this, that, and it's like your self esteem's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, get your, your, you're wrong. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Yeah. That is, you know, cause you're always looking for those things. You're mm-hmm. always looking for like, what is like, how, how do I know when I need to like pull myself back to center? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, when I feel like everybody's looking at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like nobody's fucking, everybody's looking at their phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know really? I mean? Yeah. It's uh. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's uh so now we're getting up into some of the more metaphysical things. We're getting up into like the third eye mm-hmm. chakra now. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm excited to think we might find some connection for you back to uh the universe. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. 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 So this one is like something that you used to th- think as separate, but now you're starting to see are the same. Like things that like concepts, ideas, physical, like whatever it is, it's like, yeah, that's 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 the same. Hmm. 
Things that are separate but are the same. Um, I guess like seeing like like any kind of like extreme reaction like I would have. So if I have, if I'm, like last night, I was freaking out in a group chat about somebody and going back to what I said about like just being selfish, like recognizing that like, okay, it's clear that like right now, like I'm not addressing something that's making, and not, not addressing those things are making me react that way. Because mm-hmm. the problem isn't about that person. Um, again, I'm tying it back to me. Fuck. No, no, I mean, please do. I mean, because everybody that's listening to this is going to be tying it back to them. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? But I, I think what I'm trying to say that I might not be able um, to, to get across clearly is that like me expressing, you know, bitching about somebody else is really just, it's not about them. It's really just about something being fucked up with me. Mm-hmm. So both of the, if I was able to recognize that it's about me, like that's one thing, but also recognizing that I'm complaining about somebody else ties it back into the same problem where it's like, all right, something that I'm doing is fucked up or something that I'm exhibiting is fucked up. And that's the real problem. Yeah. And I think that's probably why you're good at comedy. I think you probably had a, an ability to rec- to have that awareness for a while because I listened to your, your jokes are very honest. You know, oh, your comedy you. is very honest and you're talking about your life and the way you've, the things you thought in real moments of life, mm-hmm you know, or did in real moments of life where it's, it shows that you've had that awareness for a little oh, while, okay. you know? So, uh, but that's, imp- I mean, like that, it almost is like, uh, goes back to what we were just saying, like self-esteem still low. Mm-hmm. You feel like the world revolves around you, Yeah, you know, which is uh, something that even before this, I would have thought is, I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent. It's like, dude, everything's the same. Everything's the same, but I never would have, I didn't see those things as the same, mm-hmm. you know, which is, yeah basically yeah. the same concept yeah, yeah you know which is uh yeah that was that was heavy yeah dude that is like i mean i think that's going to be probably the most valuable thing that people are going to be able to take away from this episode and actually apply to their lives right away i mean people are going to hear that and like a fucking light switch is going to go off in their head. and also i hope that like if there's any other takeaway from this is that the next time you go in for an eye exam you just sock that dude <laughs> <laughs> right in the fucking face just knock his glasses right off his face and say, like, you're not the boss of me, dickhead. Yeah. Actually, just take his glasses and walk yeah, out. Yeah, and walk out. <laughs> this is better. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, what is something that you couldn't give up? Um, I think fe- feeling the need to constantly do something. Mm. Like, if I, if I sit down to try to relax, I can't. I can't turn it off. I feel like I constantly need to be doing something. What um, do you think? What do you think that would mean if you if you just turned it off and stopped doing things? That I'm losing ground because the the further I get into trying to like, I guess like do all the things that I should be doing, I feel like the more fucked up I feel I am. Because mm-hmm. like I if I feel like okay, if I take the time to sit and watch a movie for two hours, that's two hours that I could spend, you know writing jokes or you know editing a video or something and it's like the reality is like nobody gives a fuck if i don't if i don't tell a joke again or put out another diarrhea based video (laughs) the world like the world will not miss it but i don't know if i'm ever going to get past that but at the same time as though like right now i feel like that's why i'm making strides in all these areas that i want to make strides in is because like i just from the second i wake up or from the second i walk in the door i want to be doing something else yeah. So. Wait, what do you mean something else? Like, like 
another you mean another another thing, thing that gotcha. I that I that I feel like that's unfinished. Yeah, it was like I thought you're like I walk into the door, I was like I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I have been, I, there has I, I want to be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting because you know they talk about it seems like you found a lot of discipline in your life mm -hmm. and that, like that's how you're you're moving forward like mm -hmm. through all this discipline right but the one thing that they tell you in when you find discipline it's also supposed to give you freedom right because yeah. like having that structured life putting in that hard work allows you um i don't know like i don't know exactly what it's supposed to allow you to meet, do you know but like i guess take that deep breath or find yeah. the time to relax or find and it's like feels like you're just all in the discipline right now. Yeah, and you know what? Like, going back to, like, what you just said about, like, the freedom. Like, for me, the freedom that I'm most focused upon right now is being financially free. Mm -hmm. um, one, of, one of my goals for the past two years from when I started writing goals was that I always wanted to have enough money in my pocket at any given time to buy myself a pair of sneakers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to add glasses to that now. When you're fresh, you don't need to see you more. <laughs> <laughs> choose i choose being fly thank you very much <laughs> but like to me like that that small amount of money which is like to me it's like okay if i have a 100 bucks i could buy whatever sneakers i want mm -hmm. um having just having like that simple goal is enough to like make me never question whether or not i'm going to call out of work yeah mm -hmm. it's because like i know like i have a million other responsibilities to meet and people to take care of but I also have like that personal goal and you know, after I meet all these other responsibilities, like I'm, I, I need to have that money available to me because to me, that's kind of like a, I don't know, like keeping your head above water to the point, like to prevent, cause I feel like once you, you know, metaphorically go underwater, it's like, I'm back to that dickhead that was driving to work that can't see. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So if I can stay above that point, I feel like, I'm free from experiencing that again. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not like, I don't, I don't think there's ever going to be like, you know, an extended period of happiness. You know, I, I, I don't know if that exists, but I know there's satisfaction in saying that in knowing that my kids can come to me if they need something mm -hmm. and knowing that our fucking internet's not going to cut off mm -hmm. and knowing that if people want to go to, to fucking Chick-fil-A, it's like, you know, you know, get 30 nuggets if you want right now. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. care to oh, me. Like that's, you know, that's the kind of freedom to do that kind of stuff. Put the yeah. nuggets in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get the extra sauce. Yeah, let me get, let me get what, 15 cents for Polynesian sauce? <laughs> it's actually my pleasure, bitch. <laughs> Man, that's, uh, I mean, so I, that, was, that was good. Yeah, I feel, we're I feel I, I've grown. I, I, you, you don't want to get, like, be arrogant and be like, but I think this episode, like, dude, that, that, uh, you know, like self-esteem still low. Yeah. Th that is, I'll be, man, that is heavy. That's heavy, <laughs> you know? That's, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to come out of this with at least that awareness, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. How about you? How do you, do you feel? I, I feel as though the next time there's any kind of line dispute at 7-Eleven, I know that you're only four blocks away. <laughs> dude, channel me call in you. your heart, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I am. I'm, I'm going to tuck my T-shirt into my pants, <laughs> pull them up. And just go full Sydney. <laughs> like my hair will go straight yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Is that guy getting darker? <laughs> Dude, I would love to see uh, somebody who who doesn't normally like blow up like or say things publicly in those situations to like channel me and like see how they do it. Like I would like to see Mike Rainey's version of 
of Simeon. <laughs> you're, you're so good at it because it's not like when you address shit, like there's no extremes. I haven't seen any extremes. It's like you're methodically like stating your case and trying to come to a resolution. Like one of the things that like I loved about hearing you argue on the phone that day was the person you were arguing with said, why are you cursing at me? You're like, you're right, I did curse, and I, and I apologize for that. And then you went right back to the argument. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was like, <laughs> that's such a powerful way of arguing as opposed to just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he tried, to, he tried to actually, like, hold me to that again because he realized he couldn't stick me to that. And I was like, well, to be honest with you, I cursed. I wasn't cursing at you. I cursed in the conversation. Mm-hmm. You're taking it at you. I'm not going to let that happen. You know how I argue. Oh, it's fantastic. (laughs) I think that's maybe one of the reasons we get along as a couple because Ansley just doesn't want to argue with me. We just get along. (laughs) No, but this was a fucking awesome experience. And you do you have time for the Patreon? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, hell yeah. I would love to. So we're gonna hop into the Patreon. We should have been promoting it throughout the episode, but it is what it is. Um Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate that we had an opportunity to present Mike Rainey to you. We yes. love this guy. This was a blast, and I love yeah. you guys, too. You guys are very easy to be around. Hell yeah, nice. man. Which is the nicest compliment I can give to people because I'm normally crawling in my skin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to Two Jack Bros. You guys are awesome. I'm sorry. We're, di- we're going to do shout-outs next time. Well, I never said that before. Yeah, no. We'll do shout outs next. Can I promote something real quick? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you don't already listen to Dabby Podcast, me and Tim Butterly, the funniest person on the earth, it's it's us just hanging out with all our boys. Sid's going to be on tomorrow. I don't know when you guys are going to release this, but. Yeah, well, hopefully tomorrow. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah Sid will yeah. be on on Sunday, the October 3rd episode yeah, yeah. of Dad Meet. So I can't wait for that. It's awesome. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, Ansley's yeah, been yeah. on too. Please I come back again yeah, soon, Ansley. We didn't promote Incredible. this. Whole, we usually start off with the promotions yeah. and do it. Yeah. Dude, we just got right into this. <laughs> we just got <laughs> right into this. Yeah, check out like Dad Meat is it is uh again super hilarious and a life changing podcast. Yeah. Like the fans of Dad Meat. I I talked to a fan of Dad Meat at a comedy show once. Uh recently. It was like uh like Matt McCusker's show. Yeah, yeah. And after the show I was talking to a a, a, a listener of Dad Meat and he was telling me about how Dad Meat, the comedy podcast, changed his life no. so much. Like he was in tears. Yeah. You know, at just he was in tears at his pride for not being the same person he was when he started listening to the show. That means a lot to me, man. Yeah. I just if, if for anybody that feels that way, just know that like I feel that way too because I think as you could probably hear from the last hour, like what a fucking train wreck I am. Like having like that many people like being a part of like what we're doing like you know fuels me too yeah and is a big part of like why like I want to keep moving forward in my shit hell yeah and also uh, check out Little Stinkers that's my new podcast with John Del Collin Jake Matera if you're into but fucked up people who do pretty terrifying shit uh, but who also happen to be very funny I think you'll like Little Stinkers and all of those links are going to be down below and also hop over to the Patreon for one dollar a month and Dad Meat. Patreon, Little Stinkers, Patreon. You know, it's not much. We're not charging people much because we want to be able to have you guys listen to all of our stuff. You should know? be able to afford fucking contacts. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> like, God damn. Hope this man sees. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. Bro.
よ。